Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rookler Politics Takeaway for Thursday, December 3rd. I'm Tom Bevin, co-founder and president. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief of Rookler Politics. What's on your mind, Tom? Carl, you can see I'm dressed down today, but I'm very excited, very excited. Uh, I don't know if you've been on the internet this morning, Carl, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is selling tax-the-rich sweatshirts for $65 a piece. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm going to get one of those, Carl. It's going to be my Christmas gift to myself, and I'm going to wear it on this show. What do you think Where's of that? the money going, Tom? Where's <laughs> I don't what know. you going to do with the money? I, well, first of all, it's a little ironic because 65 bucks is a pretty penny for a sweatshirt. It's well, just tax the rich on it. Yeah, if it's Who's made gonna... in some sweatshop in China, it probably the net cost is probably three or four bucks. I, I, maybe it's a designer shirt, Tom. Designer. It's just a regular old sweatshirt, but I'm excited about it. So you're going to get one for Christmas, Carl. It's coming in the mail. Tax the ri- oh, Okay, well, it's I can wear it. I'll be taxing you. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> All right, let's get to politics, Carl. Let's talk about this Georgia runoff because it is now less than uh, or about a month away. Um, and the Georgia's just finishing a recount. You've got all sorts of turmoil down there. The Secretary of State, uh, you had another election official come out and say, you know, people are getting death threats. This has to stop. The president has to step up. Meanwhile, you had Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood down there yesterday arguing, telling people to, to Republicans to boycott the runoff. Um, the president's going to be down there uh, just in a couple days, Carl. What, what do we make of, of, you know, Republican chances there? And these mixed messages on one hand saying, look, this election was a fraud in Georgia at the same time saying, Hey, by the way, turn out and vote on January 5th because we don't want Chuck Schumer to run the show in the Senate. Well, I think there's mixed messages because my guess is the president has mixed feelings. If these two races um, go to the Republicans, if the Republican Senate candidates, and they look like they're going to be very close, whoever wins, uh, and in a state that Donald Trump lost, uh, that's not a narrative that he can easily rationalize to himself, you know. You know, these, you know, these psychiatrists and psychologists, most of whom are libs, wrote, you know, (laughs) articles and books through the first four years of his presidency, how Donald Trump's clinically insane. He's a he's a dangerous narcissist. And, you know, all of that. And I I adhere to the Goldwater world. I don't think you ought to. I don't think if you have a I don't think you should diagnose a patient you haven't seen. And I don't think reporters ought to be, you know, practicing medicine in the newspaper to use the old phrase of city editor of mine when I was a young man. But having said that, it's always been a question, Tom, this for Donald Trump, the worst slur is to call somebody a loser. That's what he calls people. He doesn't like loser. And I I've been curious for four years, how the, how Donald Trump was going to deal with it if he lost his reelection bid. And now we kind of know he's going to deal with it by not admitting he lost. Well, and speaking of that, Carl, he gave a 46-minute address from the White House yesterday. It was pre-taped, I guess. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen snippets of it. But I saw, you know, the usual suspects on on social media were saying exactly what you just said, which is this is a mentally ill, deranged, you know, person who's out of touch with reality. On the other hand, uh, you know, Trump supporters are saying, Look, this was a really important speech that he gave. Uh, I guess he laid out all of his allegations of of election fraud. Where does that leave us? I mean, is this all just a, a, a setup for 2024? I personally think that's what he's doing. He's he's losing in, in 
the court of law, but but trying to set up uh, the court of public opinion for a 2024 run, which we've we've seen stories suggesting that, and he even apparently said at a Christmas party just the other day that teased the idea of a 2024 run. Well, I, I just I guess I'll give you my opinion here, Tom, because obviously he has the right That's to. What run. I'm asking for. All right. Well, he has the right to run again. He, he lost. Um, Grover Cleveland did this. He, he there's nothing in constitution or American you know political norms that would preclude him from running again. He he can do that. What 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 I don't think is healthy for our country is for him to not acknowledge that he lost this array this race and to not and to not and to treat Joe Biden like he's some sort of interloper. I. What I expect a president to do is what every president is modern president's done with with grace is to show up at the inauguration, hand over the gavel, uh, make a concession call, promise to help the new president any way he can. And you can say, you know, he could even say, look, if Joe Biden proves to be as bad a president as I think he is, I'll run again in four years. But I want him to do well because I care about the country. Nothing remotely like that has escaped Donald Trump's lips since right. November 3rd. And I think it's I think it's unhealthy and I think it's classless. Well, I generally agree with you, Carl. I mean, I know you're 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 big into grace and the, you know, the norms, if you will, of uh, the the office and all that. And it certainly is the case. I'd be shocked if Donald Trump concedes this election, number one, or if he does any of those things. In fact, he's suggesting the reporting is suggesting the opposite, which is that he's not only going to not call Joe Biden, not invite him to the White House, but is going to have a maybe an event sort of counter programming the inauguration to announce his 2024 bid, which, uh, again, you know, is very Trumpian and also, you know, really flies in the face of this idea of of the, you know, we have this graceful transfer, peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. This is going to be all out political warfare for the next four years. Carl, Carl, are you ready for that? Well, do you remember um, four years ago, there was the, the, the they built it as a women's march um, the day after the inauguration on the same place. Um, it was there were a lot of women there, but mostly it was an anti-Trump I, march. I still have my pussy hat from that. Girl. Yeah, well, it was kind of and it was it was yeah, it was vulgar and people. Madonna said she kept fantasizing about bombing the White House. I mean, it was a, it was a it was a rival inauguration, but. But Hillary Clinton didn't lead it. She was at the real inauguration and she sat there and she, she showed great grace. And, and George W. Bush was there and he, you know, his father was in the hospital at the time. Uh, Trump had run and said some terrible things about Bush, Bush's brother, Jeb. I, but these but they they sucked it up. They came. Bill Clinton was there. They did what everybody has done until now. And so, you know, I'd like. I'd like to hear Donald Trump explain why he thinks he has a right to do this, because I don't think he does. I don't think I don't mean a legal right. I just don't think he has a moral right to to pretend that he didn't lose this election and to and to not and to not give Joe Biden um, the, the respect and due deference of that a president elect deserves. Well, and he could, in fact, say that the election was stolen from him, but still participate in those. Those, he uh, shouldn't say it was stolen from him. He should say, "Listen, I I still have my reservations about mail-in ballots. I think the I think we should have bipartisan commission to make sure that Americans have confidence in the election." But I congratulate Joe Biden. That's what he ought to say. You know what makes that so hard, Carl? Is the last thing is just that because, and I'm sure this is you know 
front and center in Trump's mind is the way that he was treated. I know Hillary Clinton called him, but she was ran around for four years saying that, you know, the Russians helped win this election for Donald Trump. You know, Stacey Abrams never conceded. I mean, there, you know, from day one, it was not my president. You know, he's illegitimate. Um, and the resistance was on not only from members of the Democratic Party and members of the media, but also from members of his own party. So he's been besieged from day one. So that, that's probably why he feels um, yeah, you yeah, know, less. Tom, at this time of the year, when we celebrate, you know, the religious traditions of this country, I, I'm reminded uh, 10 years ago or so, Donald Trump explained his philosophy of life. When they screw you, screw them harder. Well, that's almost a perfect refutation in just a few words of every of Christianity itself. I mean, it's just the opposite of a good moral sort of framework for, and, and what I'd say to Donald Trump, if I was in the room with him and he said what you said, he said, well, they never accepted me. I'd, I'd say, well, did that feel good? Did you think that was, did you think that was a classy way to act? Do you approve of what they did? Cause that's what you're doing now. Yep. All right, we will leave it there. I'm Tom Bevin, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for Real Clear Politics. And this is the RCP Takeaway for Thursday, December 3rd, 2020.